Rise and shine, liberty-loving patriots. Welcome to the Chris Ann Hall Daily Journal. Chris Ann Hall here, K-R-I-S-A-N-N-E-H-A-L-L.com, where we are liberty over security, principle over party, and truth over your favorite personality. I am so happy to be back in the studio, JC. Awesome. <laughs> I am so happy. I'll try not to let my enthusiasm knock you off your chair over there, but i tell you what. I like, I love being on the road teaching. I love looking people in the faces. I hate this whole COVID Zoom meeting stuff. Drives me nuts. But to be away from the studio and doing the stuff in hotel rooms where the wall paint always makes us look like we're vampires and, and the audio and there's always something going on. So I'm just... I'm just happy to say hello to everybody live again and back in the studio. I think you guys like it better too, don't you? <laughs> and so, um, hello. Let's just let's start to say hello to Kansas City, Missouri, in here, Texas, and oh, lots of Texas people. Uh, Geezer's in the chat room today. Cool. He's he's over there in the Mo side. <laughs> All Allentown, Pennsylvania. Look at all of our regulars in here. We uh, we brag on you guys all over the place, don't we? And we mm-hmm. were just talking to somebody in in uh, Utah. Uh, I don't remember who it was about how great our chat rooms are. Even here in Facebook land, we got uh, Stockton, California. You know where Stockton, California is, JC? I do. Yeah, K- JC knows like every place in California. I no, think. I don't know. <laughs> is it north, south? Mid, no, whatever? because that's where Curtis grew up. That's where Curtis is from. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so that's why you know. But we got lots of people. Got Las Vegas here today. We had a great time in Vegas. Boom, and your ad. And there is your obligatory from, ad. Who is that? Stacey Abrams uh, pitching for the DNC. Pitching Take for the back DNC. The Senate. Yep. Okay. No, JC, this is, this is the new form of censoring of our videos. People mm. are telling me that they're getting commercial ads like every three minutes or so. I don't think we've been on three minutes, four minutes. We started streaming four minutes ago. Yeah. And when we started our own, because we watch our own video chat so we can watch you guys talking to us. And uh, when we start our own video, we get an ad. So we get an ad, then four minutes later we get another ad, and and that's how we're they're censoring us. But I want to brag on our people again, JC. Comment after comment after comment saying it's worth skipping the you know. Brave brave browser. Brave is that browser. a kind of browser? Brave browser. Brave browser. Hey Milton, Milton leads off Look the super that. chat today. Milton agrees the studio is better because you can present docs and stuff. Here's yeah. my educational dollar. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, JC, I thought I'd start off with a little humorous story today. Hey, don't forget, guys, hit the thumbs up when you come in the chat room. But most importantly, make sure that you share. When you share, you help us beat the AI algorithm. So they're going to be hitting us with commercials, but they also limit our uh, visibility. So when you share, you actually cre- increase our invisibility, our invisibility, <laughs> our visibility on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Oh, we forgot to do Instagram today. Got to keep reminding this. We need like another. Mm-hmm. I wonder if we can use the tablet for that. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We should do that. All right. So I thought I'd start with a little humorous story. I don't think that uh, Bar meant for it to be humorous, but. Okay. 
Uh, William Barr has issued for immediate release from the Department of Justice. Uh, Department of Justice acts to shut down fraudulent websites exploiting the COVID-19 pandemic. Federal court issues temporary restraining order against three defendants and over 300 fraudulent websites purporting to sell scarce health and safety items. And so what's interesting, JC, they actually got this TRO uh, in Tampa, Florida. So they're going to Tampa, Florida to get their TROs. Now, you guys know the TROs. I'm not trying to advocate for somebody scamming people, but you know these TROs are like warrantless warrant searches and all this other crazy stuff. But the interesting thing, JC, is what makes it funny to me is given the parameters, you know, uh, fraudulent websites exploiting the COVID-19 pandemic, does that mean they're going to shut down the CDC and the HWO? Or maybe, <laughs> or maybe will they shut you down? Wish. Yeah, I mean, seriously, we're talking about websites exploiting the COVID-19 pandemic. Wouldn't that not also include um, uh, Bill Gates and his uh, pharmaceutical companies? Aren't mm. they also exploiting the pandemic? Yeah. Think about this, JC. Think about this, guys out there. We have drugs that we know will cure COVID, will cure COVID, right? So the question is, why won't we So it we is use, said. Right. Well, and but there's doctors saying that it's happened. I just read yep. an article today saying where a doctor came forward and said, you guys are nuts. I have cured 15 out of 15 severe cases of COVID with hydroxy. Not going to finish that because yep. they'll bleed You're us. censored. Censored. With hydroxy, right? Well, you already said that. It can be cured, so. Oh, yeah. Well, You're there you already go. censored. So what, why, why would you not use that? It's very simple. You know, it's the same thing as everything else, right? As I, as I, as I pointed out in a show several weeks ago, um, the federal government is already spending over $4 billion on vaccinations from these companies. And, as I also reported earlier, the doctors get kickbacks from the from the federal government they get commission on the drugs that they prescribe that are funded by the federal government do you catch that if they get drugs paid for by our tax dollars with the federal government and they use those drugs then they get a commission on those drugs well the drugs that that doctors say cure covid actually cost pennies on the dollar and the drugs the vaccinations cost way more than that Mm-hmm. So the feds are putting out, pumping out billions of dollars. The doctors are going to use the vaccinations instead of the cures because they get more commission off of them, right? The federal government's spending our money, so they don't care how much money they spend. And by cure, you mean cause you to recover? Cause you to recover. That technically be treating it. Treating, or cure, yes. Cure. I don't know what, I don't know the difference. Cure would be, it ceased to exist. I don't know. I don't know. Is there some question about that language or something? Somebody said cure. Somebody said treat. I don't know. Well, you can treat something and it never goes away. Well, but you're treating it with these drugs and it's going away. Right. You're killing the virus with these drugs. Well, but same thing with if you've had it and it's not active anymore, but yet you can still test positive for it. Right. Well, but the testing of positive... 
the positive test re results actually come not only for like the left current over dead pieces. Yeah, the dead when what, what they, they call, call shedding. Sloughing, shedding. Shedding the virus, right? Mm -hmm. I know this because those of you who follow what we do, I mean, this is not the only thing that we do. And teaching and writing and all that is not the only thing that I do either. I am actually involved in two legal cases here in Florida that have to do with the unconstitutional mask mandates. And we had a hearing today. And at the hearing, we had two doctors who came and testified uh, as to the effects of COVID, the effects of masks on patients, short-term and long-term. And we also had a doctor from the American uh, Surgeons and Physicians Association in Arizona who appeared as an expert as well. I mean, she's hmm. she's been their chief public health uh, doctor, not just simply for the organization, but for the hospital that she works with in the state and all of this other stuff for like 30 years, right? And so um, they were, she was the one that was explaining this whole shedding of the virus thing, that these, these tests are false positives because they're saying a positive means you have the, the virus. Positive means not only did you have the virus, do you have the virus, but it also could mean you had it and you're shedding the pieces of it. Well, it could also mean you have a completely different virus, by the way. That's exactly right. Because it too. only it gives a result of the COVID family of virus. Right. Right. So a positive which have been test, around for years. Yeah. By so the a way. positive te positive on these tests is you have something in the COVID family. Right. So you don't even necessarily have what they're calling this thing COVID nineteen. I mean. Right. Uh, well, it's those utter farce. Yeah. I don't care what they censor or not. It's no. a complete farce. Here's the crazy thing, JC. At this hearing today. Uh, Hillsborough County Judge Barbus. Oh, by the way, you can get tested. You can you can test positive without even taking the test. That's right, <laughs> right. We met right. someone in this here in Tampa, Hill, right. Hillsborough County. Mm -hmm. uh, was a, yeah, a lady, driver. lady and her daughter <laughs> um, lined up to take the like you know signed in and mm -hmm. went there to take the test. For whatever reason, they left because they said it was taking too long. Several days later, they got their results. <laughs> in the mail <laughs> that they were positive yep even though they never took the test they yep. they left before taking the test and that is happening that actually so, that actually came that's a up. powerful test yeah that's amazing that actually came it. up jc in Get my results. hearing this morning one Get of our results. doctors one of the doctors that was our expert is here in in florida testified personally to knowing that mm. So this is not just some random person we met off the street. We had a doctor testify today that these false reports are coming forward. Now, what's interesting, those of you who have been following this case for me, the uh, Hillsborough County Judge Barbas uh, found against us. He denied our motion today, which means mm. our, our complaint today, which means we now have to appeal it. But, J.C., listen to what he said. So we had a doctor in Florida testify about his personal experience as a doctor testify his personal experience with his patients he gave specific case information without disclosing names about how wearing masks were detrimental and visibly detrimental to his patients and he also gave personal testimony about how the 
he has watched his patients and and their their oxygen depletion and all that from wearing masks. Our other expert also, the doctor from Arizona, also explained personal experience. She said that she put on several different masks and put a C- CO2 meter in the mask to, to determine the CO2 meter. And she said from her own studies, from her own experience, now she is an expert in this, that the CO2 levels in every single mask except one that nobody wears, she says you can't even buy it. She just happens to have it because she's a doctor. In every single mask that she tried, the CO2 levels that you're breathing in your mask are, t- are, are what did she say, a hundred times higher than what OSHA allows you to have in a business. So if you were running a business in, in a place where CO2 accumulates, you have to give people a, an oxygen break, according to OSHA, every certain minutes. This gives us an, a mask, and now Hillsborough County is trying to make you wear a mask all day long, whether you're inside or outside. And here's what the judge said. He called the doctor's personal testimonies as anecdotal. But the government attorney's reading of other people's studies from the CDC, John Hopkins, and who as controlling in this matter. So it is interesting that in these types of hearings, a study that somebody else wrote that you read about and tell about is not, hears- is not hearsay, but a doctor testifying as to their own personal experience and their own uh, medical wisdom is anecdotal. Because one's government, one's not. I was because so angry about that. I can't hardly even, cannot even think I, about that. Yeah, I was just, I was just studying Bastiat's essay, The Law, today. Again, to, to do a summary class on it. And, um, you know, the more things change, the more they stay the same, right? He talked mm-hmm. about this very thing where that uh, these, these people, they, he says, divide, they divide the world into two classes, mm-hmm. right? It's a class of mankind on the one side, and then on the other side, a class of one, the politician. Right. <laughs> and, and the one, the politician, looks, you know, is, is the superhuman, the, uh, what do you call that? The, the, the neo-sapien. Neo-sapien is what you know, Higher life form, full of wisdom uh, and intelligence and, and all the knowledge. And basically they look at the rest of society as completely incapable. They have to be the ones to direct and guide and and lead and so the cult of the expert i forget who the other philosopher that looked at um some of those guys at the turn of the century talked about the cult of the expert right you know because it's that the politician and then who they lower the scepter to is the ones to listen to because of their their unbelievable immeasurable arrogance and condescending view of the rest of humanity that that's not in their class that's not a politician our friend patrick wood also talks about that in technocracy as as the cult of the yeah. expert as an issue yeah. uh, uh, as that issue as and it's well that core thing that i think goes back to bastia talking about that uh, just almost maniacal arrogance mm-hmm. of government agents and yeah. politicians and and just the complete 
utter, uh, I don't even know what you call it, devaluing of other human beings not in their in that class. Well, but it is it is the disruption and destruction of the republic because mm-hmm. the republic is built its its foundation is built upon the ability of the general public to have influence over their representatives. When you have this cult of personality, you don't get that anymore. It's done. And and that's what we're seeing all over the counties, you know. What's interesting is that the judge in this, Judge Barbas in this case, found against us in in just the most cursory ways, completely ignoring our constitutional argument at all. And then um, what happened was he made the comment. He says, well, you know, I just like to make a side comment that I find it very interesting that uh, your expert is the first person that I've heard talk about, your experts are the first people that I've heard talk about the detrimental health effects on masks. He says, I wonder why we are not hearing more of that kind of testimony. (laughs) (laughs) Say, Judge, have you ever heard of the term echo chamber? I know, right? Right? And I, I, I don't know. I, Find I, the I, door do to that? it and walk out of it. I get it. I get you it. You may hear something else. I get it. The good news is there is a silver lining to all of this. By finding that the, that the order is valid, he is also finding that the orders, and he found specifically on the exemptions that were available that the order was valid, that means, according to Hillsborough County, Florida, if you live in Hillsborough County, Florida, or you work in Hillsborough County, Florida, or you do business in Hillsborough County, Florida, it is, even according to an upheld court opinion, it is against the law for a business to deny you admittance because you cannot wear a mask. It is also against the law in Hillsborough County for a business to ask you for proof of your medical condition. The order says that they cannot deny you admittance or service because you're not wearing a mask and they cannot ask you for proof of your medical condition. Penalties for them doing that to you in Hillsborough County are a civil fine by code enforcement of $150 or criminal penalties by the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department of $500 fine per incident and a 60 days in the county jail. So there you have it in Hillsborough County. If you are told you cannot enter without a mask, you should call the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department immediately and make sure that they're enforcing the county's order because if they're going to enforce it to make you wear a mask, then they must do equal application under the law and enforce it that doesn't uh, enforce the provision that says you don't have to wear a mask. See how so oh what a tangled web we weave when first we decide to deceive. Yeah. Good news is, JC, according to reason... Keeping and I, my powder dry. Yeah. According to reason, which I love reason, uh, Americans are growing less and less willing to beg for permission to make a living. I love this article. So, um, officials claim doing business is a revoc- revocable privilege, but many Americans see it as a right that they will exercise with or without licenses and permits. JC, this is my happy moment. 
because you know I've been teaching since the very beginning, almost 10 years now, about the evils of government licensing. And now that governments are refusing to let people keep their businesses open, people are like, who cares? We got this guy, uh, Chris Pallone, co-owner of Fort Worth Bar, uh, said that uh, is one is one of more than 800 establishments that are going to stay open in defiance of Texas closure orders. He says our businesses are doomed. We have nothing to lose. We either fight this thing or we can starve ourselves out. Yep. So that's the good news. When you push people too far, they're going to say no more. What I found interesting is uh, I, I got there's a link in here. Uh, an open letter from the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission. I wonder if anybody has ever taught the commissioner of the TAB a little history lesson on what happened the last time we tried prohibition. Because mm-hmm. you would think that that they would figure out this does not work out well. Right? right. Historically in America, forcing bars to shut down is not going to work. So what I want to do is sh- shift over now to this letter from the Texas uh, Alcohol Beverage Commission. By the way, this topic's also in Bastiat's The Law. Is, yeah, absolutely. Bastiat covers all, all of this stuff, especially yeah. when it comes to no, business. Just about everything you yeah. talk about every day. Is covered if it in touches Bastiat. the economy or the law in any way whatsoever. Well, I mean, it's where we are. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Well, that and, and it's, it's just... Which is, by the way, why every, everybody should read it. Every mm-hmm. child should have to study it in school um, to understand this This is where we are. Mm-hmm. Our, honestly, our republic, our, our system of laws, the, the entire system, it's, it has been so perverted and corrupted. We are, mm-hmm. we are so far removed from what the Constitution uh, intended to right. protect and establish. It, it, just, it, it is beyond description, really. Larry Rogers with the Super Chat, JC. Check that out. Thank you so much for the grant chat. Uh, For about an hour today, when you typed in Antifa.com, it redirected you to (laughs) JoeBiden.com. That's funny. That's awesome. That is super, super awesome. Yeah, so uh, at Liberty First University, if you're a student at LibertyFirstUniversity.com, you know that I have assigned Bastiat the Law several times in the classes just mm-hmm. because, like you said, everything bumps into that. Now, let me, let me go up here and let you guys see this letter from the Texas Alcohol and Beverage Commission because this is amazing. These politicians, JC, what did you call this? The arrogance or something? This crazy? Yeah. He says, This August marks my third anniversary as executive director of the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission. What Gag. am I supposed to throw him a party or yeah. something? Give him a Medal of Honor? So what, you nitwit? You, you have a job. I have a job. I've had a job for 11 years doing the same thing. Somebody going to throw me a party? Right? So he says... When I arrived, there were a number of challenges to address, particularly agencies' relationship with the alcohol beverage industry. Good. There ought to be an animosity between a regulatory agency and business owners. Because if you guys are getting along, then something is totally wrong. Remember, Thomas Jefferson said that I would rather have the Talmud of Liberty 
than the peace of servitude. If you are living in peace with regulatory agencies like this, 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 then you are in servitude, right? So he says, three years later, I'm proud to say that the TABC has made remarkable progress towards the goal of making everybody happy. All right. COVID-19 hit and our worlds were turned upside down. Businesses were forced to change their operations and many had to shut down. Since then, Texas has gone through various phases of openings, reopenings and closures. Right. That's open and close and open and close. He says public health restrictions have changed during this pandemic. Uh, yeah, because you guys are all dumb uh, and blah, 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 blah. I want to skip down here to the bottom where you can read this. He says, while progress may, uh, has been made, many challenges remain. The biggest challenge I see lies with industry members who choose to operate in violation of the governor's executive order. Mm -hmm. Recently, we've had spoken with our business owners who tell us they don't intend to follow orders. On that note, he says, and I want you guys to listen very, very closely. On that note, he says, I want to remind every member of this industry, it is a privilege to be in the alcohol beverage business in Texas. And there you have it. You are privileged to be able to make a living for your family in the state of Texas, according to the nincompoop uh, who wrote this and... His name is A. Bentley Nettles. And I'm guessing it's a he. I don't know. Maybe that's misogynistic of me, but I'm guessing it's a he. Yeah, Bentley. So it's a so they hand out privilege. So in Texas, yep. the government hands out the privilege mm -hmm. of owning a business. Working. Yeah, of working. Yes. Right. Nate Bama, thank you so much for your super chat. Where in the Constitution does it say that if you commit a felony twenty years ago? and briefly step on someone else's property that your God-given right to... Oh, briefly st uh, step on someone else's liberty that your God-given right to protect yourself is taken away for your entire life. Yeah. Guess what, Nate? If time allows us, we're going to actually answer that question today. Yeah. We've done shows on that. Yeah. So, privilege, JC. Privilege. The no, answer like, is short. Where, nowhere. Where did it go? I'd like to point out another, the, uh, another statement from that. He right says uh, Next one over. at the bottom uh -huh. or, or further on, which is, you know, part of the core of the problem here. Um, he says, furthermore, the governor's executive order is the current law of the state. Thank you. Uh, no, that no. violates the Texas Constitution. Yes, it does. Are, are you suggesting that the legislature took the governor's executive order and then they passed a law using that same language? Because I don't think that happened. Did not happen. So he's basically saying the governor has the power to legislate, well, which JC, is a violation of the Texas Constitution. Go ahead and put that up there so that people can see it. So he also says, when a business tells TABC it doesn't intend to follow these orders, you leave the agency with no option but to revoke your license and shut you down. See, this is what, if you'll go back over to the Reason article, I wanted to uh, show people. Okay, thanks. Um, we have businesses now all over the place that are refusing to comply. Where is that up here? Okay, right. So one of four, uh, you, with one out of four U.S. jobs now requiring occupational licenses, right? 
the reason article is very very clear in saying okay great now that covid when covid is over do you actually think that these businesses are going to go back to doing what's right to you i mean if this is how they act when they have the they think they have the authority to act in a crisis now all of a sudden they're going to be the agencies that you have and we have the new jersey pennsylvania clark county nevada are all actually revoking licenses there are places that are threatening to turn off power and water for failure to comply uh officials in los angeles are are threatening to cut water and power to businesses and homes that do not comply with lockdown orders i'm assuming jc that means if the government's put you on a quarantine and you don't stay home they're going to cut the power and water off at your home how does that affect you staying home because of the quarantine so here's how you do that and and he makes that point he says depriving people of electricity and running water seems an unlikely means for improving public health but officialdom is always more interested in compelling submission than achieving reasonable outcomes. So here's the solution, JC, and we've been talking about this. Keep your business open. Don't let them close it. If they shut the power off, bring in generators. If they shut the water off, bring in water. This is a, this is a stand that we're going to have to take or we're forever going to have to live with the fact that the government believes we have a privilege to work. What kind of government is that that says you are privileged to work? An unjust government. An illegitimate government. Illegitimate, pretended powers, our founders. Unconstitutional government. Illegal government. Illegal. Lawless government. What did Bastiat call it? Lawless. Well, legalized plunder. Legalized plunder. They're, they're stealing and, your business. And where he talks about... Uh, the you know neg negative uh, negative law right the negative mm -hmm. concept of law or the positive concept of law so Bastiat says law law is uh, law is is it should be negative in the sense of mm -hmm. uh, it encourages someone not to do something which would infringe upon the liberty of, of another uh, the law should not be intended to be positive and that is that is using force to compel some sort of behavior right for them to to do something right right exactly which and is how this is this is being used and and then you know the other thing that uh, our natural natural rights you know he talks about the the um the ability to um protect yourself right these sort of mm -hmm. three things which make up um you know what is what is a person and and uh, what gives what brings peace the ability to defend yourself um then the ability or freedom to work and enjoy the fruits of that mm -hmm. work and so you basically have the government. This is this is serfdom. This is like fiefdom, mm -hmm. where the government is saying we allow you to work. We give you the privilege to work. You're mm -hmm. you. It's the government giving you permission, telling you what you can and can't do. Um, you know, and the sort of um, which this is a lot of stuff in that book yeah. as well, where he talks about you know these, these dictatorships telling who where who works where mm -hmm. they decide which jobs people have. You know, and and then you can't move out of those jobs or into those jobs it's passed down i mean so we're again we're turning back the clock mm -hmm. going back to uh my goodness even pre-french revolution i oh, mean absolutely back because to monarchies in seven uh 60 years prior to bastiat writing that 
James Madison wrote the same thing in an essay called Property. Mm-hmm. In, and I know that Bastiat read our founders' writings. Yeah, I sure. mean, he, he mentions it in, in his writings. So you have 60 years prior to Bastiat writing that, you have James Madison explaining to Congress that our Constitution was established to protect property, not to regulate it. Madison even says in his essay, Property, he talks about re- government regulatory powers. He says specifically, what it kind? Of, it is not a just government who can tell a clothes maker that he can't make his buttons out of wool, but has to make them out of some other material made by another industry, mm-hmm. depriving him of his right to his faculties and his property in order to service another. Yeah, neo feudalism. Great, great word. Yeah, that that encapsulated right there. Right, neo feudalism. Neo-feudalism, it's unbelievable. It is. It's absolutely. Well, it's unbelievable knowing where we come from. Yeah. That's what's unbelievable. Hey, and I'm all for let's let's exhaust whatever political and legal solutions we have, because, you know, this is there's a line out there. Yeah, and I think Th- that's this only really leads important. inevitably to one place. This is really important. If they, what if you they said, don't JC. turn around, or we don't stop them, this only leads one yeah. one place. And that's and this uh, that statement's very important. And I want to repeat it: we must exhaust every legal, peaceful measure possible. Our founders did that exact same thing. Do you know, JC? I don't know. I don't know how many people have. They may know these historical facts, but they may not have connected those kind of dots. We were fighting on the battleground before July 2nd, 1776, July 4th, 1776. We were fighting on the battleground. Even at that moment, the very publishing of our Declaration of Independence was a satisfaction of British law. They had to publish their grievances against the king in order to comply with the legal requirements in Clause 61 of the Magna Carta. That way, the king and parliament couldn't come back to them and say, you guys are just a bunch of seditionists. You're, you're just uh, right. creating a coup, a violent coup against our government. You just don't want to follow the law. Mm. So they followed the law till the very end to remove that argument from the government that you're just a bunch of lawless people. Yeah. And that's why it's important for us to exhaust all these measures. Right. Because you know me, JC, everybody who's been around long enough around us knows I am not a litigious lawyer. I I, I don't, I have probably, as hopeful I am about many things, I have very little faith in the justice system. But I realize that we must go through these legal measures in order to exhaust them to prove that we have checked all the boxes and that we have complied in everything that we can comply with and they have left us with no other choice. Amen. We need a great awakening in America. We need a great awakening in America. We need a great awakening in wisdom, in courage, and spiritual awakening in America. That's just absolutely the bottom line. Or it will come sooner or later. It will come. We just got to ask, do we want it to come the easy way or the hard way? And that's the bottom line. So I want to I want to talk about these ex- two executive orders that are on Trump's list of four executive orders, because we've talked a lot about executive orders and the lawless nature of executive orders and the lawful purpose of executive orders. Remember, is an executive order's lawful purpose is to issue directives from the President of the United States 
to the executive branch. An executive order that reaches outside of the executive branch and creates regulations, rules, or laws to be imposed on people or businesses outside the executive branch is an unlawful executive order. But one that stays within the boundaries of the executive branch can be, can be not always, but can be a lawful executive order. That's the only way you'll find an executive order that's lawful. Now, does that, when you say within the branch... Um, would that be telling a branch how that they're going to apply the law that exists? Meaning, yes, the law is there. This is how you're going to carry it out. Yes. Remember the purpose or not. Right. Exactly. Because remember, one of the purposes of the executive branch is to ensure that the laws of the United States are properly executed. Right. So the president will tell the members of the executive branch how to execute a law. Okay. So the first one I want to look at is the memorandum on authorizing uh, assistance, authorizing other needs assistance program for major disaster declarations related to coronavirus disease. Now, what's interesting is this executive order is actually written to FEMA. Okay. So this executive order is a direction to FEMA to take $44 billion that have been appropriated through the, what they call the DRF, which is the De- Defense Relief Fund, to cover costs uh, of, of uh, what did they say, uh, lost wages and state expenditures. Now, how so this is not works. making new law or, or no. sending out new funds. This no. is a, an agency mm-hmm. already doing whatever they're doing, right. and he's telling them, here's where the money's going to go, here's how you're going to do it. Right. What he's actually doing is reappropriating executive funding that has already been issued to the executive branch. Okay. So what he's saying is, here in Section 2, I am directing up to $44 billion from the Delief, I'm sorry, Disaster Relief Fund, DRF, at the statutorily mandated 75% federal cost share be made available for lost wages, assistance to eligible claimants to supplement state expenditures in providing those payments. So what has to happen now is 25% of whatever is paid out has to come from the state level, right? That's the cost share. Okay. So whatever they give out, 75% of the cost share comes from that $44 billion. 25% has to come from the state level. And he's calling on the states to use the amounts. He says state allocation. He's, he's calling on the states to use amounts allocated to them out of the uh, coronavirus f- uh, fund, the coronavirus relief fund, which is the CRF, uh, or, or other state funding to provide temporary enhanced financial support to those whose jobs and wages have been adversely affected by COVID-19. These funds, including those currently used to support state unemployment insurance programs, may be applied as the state's cost share with the federal DRF funds. So he's saying, look, you're already getting coronavirus stuff from the feds. You can use that to cover your 25% so you don't have 25% coming out of your pockets because we know the states are, are economically having issues because of all the businesses closed down. Okay. So this is... So aside from the fact of the questionable 
existence of FEMA in the first place. Yes. And the the legitimacy uh, of redirecting and handing out any money whatsoever from the federal government. But yeah. So all that already exists. Right. We, Congress we has go, already done that. We are. We have to ignore the fact that the FEMA is there and that we're sending money. Uh, we're yeah. de- redistributing wealth so it's a, from a st- on so a separate, federal separate state That's level. a separate problem, not that's necessarily ca- connected to Trump and this executive right, order. Right. Exactly. So as far as the the um, executive order and and the way that it's being issued and carried out, mm-hmm. this is inside of the purview of Mm -hmm. the executive for his agency to direct them to do Mm -hmm. what to do with things that already exist with money that already exists he is not appropriating additional funds he's taking money that congress has already given him Mm -hmm. and saying we're going to take this money that congress has given us and we're going to apply it in this way interestingly enough because we have an emergency Right. We we can do that because this is a state of emergency. We're able to take funds from other places and do that. It's internal. He even tells the secretary of labor, which is an executive department. Now, we can all argue the constitutionality of the secretary of labor. I don't think there would be much argument on our channel about that. He directs the secretary of labor to instruct FEMA on how to send more money. Mm -hmm. Right. So the Secretary of Labor is now going to you uh, is now being instructed by the CEO of the executive branch. Tell me, uh, tell FEMA how you can send them more money so we can get more money to the states without Congress. What a mess. He also. Oh, and then. So, yeah. So that I, w- I was about to move on to the second one. OK, so you have. So the, like the root of the problem here mm-hmm. is Congress. The root of the problem is Congress. First, wh- whenever this happened, create an unconstitutional agency. Agencies. In, in, <laughs> in FEMA. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then unconstitutionally, you know, sending money wherever. Right. Uh, for these things. Right. But as far as the process mm-hmm. and the purview mm-hmm. in, ge- in a generality mm-hmm. of executive orders, that, that's not a violation right that that's not what's the, the only problem here. The really only really more of the content mm-hmm. of the executive order by way of hey here's this why even just the very nature of doing this mm-hmm. is not something authorized right to the federal government just right. to be handing out bags of money right exactly here's an idea stop taking our money stop taking yep for unauthorized things right. and then we wouldn't need you to give a percentage of our money back because Remember this, you 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 lose a val- the value, right? You lose some portion of the money just by the process of them taking it mm-hmm. and then redistributing it. Right, a portion. So oh we're still goodness. losing <laughs> losing <laughs> I money. I was like, portions. Yeah, not only that, JC, I don't want to, I, I, I hate to point out the obvious here to those of you who, who know this, but maybe there's somebody out there listening that doesn't. Uh, you have a problem when the federal government is taking your money and, and, and distribu- redistributing your money anyway because, number one, the government doesn't believe that your money is your property anymore. It used to be, and James Madison talks about this, it used to be that tax money was still considered public property, not government revenue. Mm. So what you have now is this 
not only do, do governments believe they own your businesses through licensing, we can give you the privilege or take that privilege away, the income that you make from that business is also the government's property to which they will give and take away at their leisure. Well, it, it also sets up, it seems to me, not to get too esoteric, philosophical, but it, it sets up this, what you're referring to the last couple of shows, the Hegelian dialectic, dialectic mm-hmm. right? This, this, the, the, the problem is created, right? And then, there, and then there's an excuse made for taking all our money in the first place. And, and then, oh, here comes the president's going to save us, right? So they create right. the problem and then offer up the solution to justify the entire unconstitutional process in mm-hmm. the first place. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Cuz oh, cuz so now we br- cuz now we're br- right. we're bragging on oh look how whoever is saving the people and helping the people. So it's so it's coded, right? It's it's coded in this, you know, nice chocolatey uh, help the people save the people out of their problems. And so we salute and say, "Oh, okay. Well, since it's helping us, we're okay with all this complete utter unconstitutional yeah. well, uh, redistribution of wealth. Let us count the ways, okay? Uh, Congress's creation of FEMA is unconstitutional. The Department of Labor, the, uh, you know, the disaster relief, all of that, unconstitutional. Congress's delegation of power over that to the executive branch is unconstitutional because Congress checks out. They write these acts that create these agencies so vaguely that once the a- once the agencies are created, they actually, according to Scalia and the Supreme Court, mind you, have the authority then to define themselves. Right. So f- so Congress makes FEMA doesn't really tell you what they're supposed to do, what their limits are and all that stuff. So then <coughs> Congress says or the Supreme Court says, well, then you have to give them the discretion to, to make fill it in the blanks to fill in the blanks. Mm. Then you have. Congress giving money, okay? In other words, FEMA's created, then FEMA can decide what it gets to do. Exactly. Now, on top of that unconstitutionality, you have, the fa- you have Congress giving FEMA money. Now, giving FEMA money, funding FEMA, is unconstitutional because uh, FEMA unconstitutionally exists. But on top of that, J.C., they not only fund FEMA, they fund FEMA with what they call discretionary funding, which means we're going to give you money that's not assigned to anything at all, and let you spend it on whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't spend it by end of fiscal year October, then you won't get it again. So they mad rush. You know, we worked in the government. We know how it works. Come October, everybody's buying and doing everything ridiculous to get rid of that money. Justify your budget. To justify the budgets and get more money the next year. So okay. you have all of this unconstitutionality. And then we get to say, oh, look, the president is going to to exercise a kingly power and fix all of this. Yay. Yay. Huzzah. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Yeah, right. All right, so the second memorandum that we are going to talk about, because there were four, but I only want to talk about these two, uh, is a memorandum on deferring payroll tax obligations in light of the ongoing COVID-19 disaster. Now, remember, what are the rules of an executive order? In order, It has to be within the executive agency, right? Right. So this order is directed to the Secretary of Treasury. Okay. Which is inside the executive agency. And he tells the Secretary of, of uh, Treasury to 
defer withholding of of um, these tax payments. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a deferment. Yeah. This is not a forgiveness. Right. So you can think this might be a good thing. But you'll pay them later. But you're going to pay it later, which means you're going to pay what you owe later and what you owe now. Yeah. So don't think. But but the secret, the secret squirrel decoder ring, uh, crypt, cryptic, Gnostic truth <laughs> is that they're not going to come back because that's the plan all along. So it's not really a deferment. Whatever. Well, if it's not really a <laughs> deferment, then you've got to ask yourselves. We'll just go back here. Why Trump? Sorry. Why Trump then puts in Section 4, the request of the Secretary of Treasury shall explore avenues, including legislation, which can't come from the executive branch, to eliminate the obligation to pay taxes deferred pursuant to the implementation of this memorandum. So this memorandum recognizes that this is not a forgiveness, it's a deferral, Mm. and that you will have to pay this unless we can do legislation. Legislation has to come through Congress. We can get Congress to agree to not ever collect payroll taxes from you. Yeah. You have to run it through the cryptographic wheel to decode. If they didn't collect your payroll taxes. But it doesn't mean what it says. They wouldn't be able to fund FEMA and the Secretary of Treasury and all these other agencies. They wouldn't be able to fund the Department of Homeland Security or any of their unconstitutional agencies to get-go. Plus, then, they couldn't run their pharma fascism and get kickbacks from the big pharmas and get their mansions, you know, the, the, what is it, the McConnell eight mansions and all that other crazy stuff, because they're not... They're not extorting money from you to fund their endeavors. So here's the thing that uh, let's not forget that the the burden was created is being created by the governments, particularly the state governments mm-hmm. in the first place. So you got to help all these people with their businesses and the people out of work. Uh, why 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 are they all out of work is because a lot of these government restrictions uh, prohibiting businesses from opening, putting all these extra restrictions on businesses for for the pandemic, and uh, then you look at the so-called stimulus, and I I don't see how this is any different. You look at the so-called stimulus and the bailout. Where did the bulk of the money go? Right, people people are distracted by the twelve hundred dollars you're going to get, or the six hundred dollars, <laughs> or whatever, um, so, which you know, which then amounts to something like. Uh, 250 million dollars out of a three trillion dollar package mm-hmm. all of that went to the governments meant to the agencies That's the government right. agencies and the gover- government government uh, organizations mm-hmm. right so the same thing in the states are giving this stuff to the states when we sat and listened to the hillsborough county emergency uh, propaganda group for instance and they were talking about all the millions and millions and millions of dollars that they were getting from the federal government because yeah. of this COVID, it had nothing to do with the citizens. Right. They were talking about, you know, this many million to that part of government, this many million to that part of government. So all of this money is going to expand government at yeah. every level. It is not 
this is the crazy thing you sit we sit there oh thank you mr trump thank you president for doing this for the people this stuff is not going to the people no this money no. is going to no. massive expansion of county. the government at every level yeah hillsborough county not only did is getting all that money and not the businesses hillsborough county florida as well as many other counties across america as we've seen in you know we saw in the in the reason article as we hear from everybody else these governments are getting money they're not giving that money to the businesses they're actually shutting down the businesses thousands tens of thousands of businesses across america will never open their doors again period just know the super chat from nate bama Thank He's, you, Nate Bama. He says, I'm not paying SHI underscore. I don't, maybe that's a new form of cryptocurrency, but <laughs> he's not He's not going to pay the SHI underscore. Yes, he's not paying it. <laughs> do we own SHI underscore? I do not have that in our portfolio. <laughs> so I'm not paying it either. I'm not paying it either. So th- this, is, this is just insanity, JC. Absolute insanity. Uh, I'm looking at the other things that I have for today, and I think that we're out of time for them. Will you just push them off to tomorrow with your permission? Yeah, uh, that's okay. that'll work. Don't forget, check out um, libertyfirstuniversity.com. Get signed up there. Going to be cranking out, cranking out some new stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, i be working on that this weekend, so looking forward to that. Don't forget to stop by the T-shirt shop at godgunsliberty.com. I have a t-shirt on today. Yeah, you do. I got my t-shirts. Got a lot of cool shirts there. You have this one. Yes. The uh, Peaceful Noncompliance t-shirt. Um, I have that one too. Yep. That's the, what is that? That's the Mercy Otis Warren. Mercy Otis Warren shirt t-shirt. that the ladies really like. Yep. Um, I, I like the one, what is, where is the one? 77, I have 1776 that one Reasons Why Liberty is Essential. I really I like that, that one So too. go to God Guns Liberty. And uh, check that out. And by the way, we also have mugs uh, that you can you can I have buy that there one too. as well. <laughs> so and we, it helps it helps us keep doing what we're doing. It does help us keep doing it. You don't want to give a you don't feel comfortable giving us super chats because you don't want money to go to YouTube. Uh, then go buy a T-shirt and a mug and or sign up at LFU or sign up at LibertyFirstUniversity.com. This is the T-shirt. Is that cool? The peaceful noncompliance T-shirt. Uh, so thank you guys for joining us today. Remember, hit the thumbs up before you leave. Make sure that you also share. If you haven't shared already, help us beat that algorithm. How many times did you see an ad today? Leave it in the comment section. We're going to start counting the ads. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for what you're doing. Thank you for all of your support and your love for us. And Hello, Miss Miriam. Love you. Hey, Miss Miriam. We love you. Uh, thank you, Milton, says, great show today. Hey, share this with people because there's a lot of discussion going on about these executive orders, and that will help people understand what executive orders are all about. All right. So God bless you guys. We will see you tomorrow.